You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 22nd of March, 2018, the uh, second day of spring. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And Dave, how can you tell? I mean, like, it's uh, one of the cool things about the, 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 the beginning of spring is it's also the end of the first quarter of the, of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And so we get all these juicy earnings reports. Um, and these these are, these are the earnings reports that are coming out just after Christmas. So these these are um, you know these are these are fairly significant ones. Yeah. But uh, how do you know it's uh it's it's near the end of the quarter in 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 Google or Yahoo's world? How, <laughs> oh, Jim? They pull something nefarious to to steal <laughs> money off their users. Here's Google AdWords accounts with no recent ad spends are going to be deactivated next week. Mm-hmm. So if you use Google, the Google AdWords keyword tool, your organic SEO, you don't really have a lot to do with AdWords, but you use their AdWords tool because Google doesn't give you another keyword determination tool to use, you don't get to use it anymore because you don't spend the money. Yeah. I mean, However, the- you know, I mean, uh, an easy workaround is, you know, put a couple of bucks in there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> The truth is, there are some search marketers who are giving away AdWords money for free, is there not? <laughs> there, there is indeed, Jim. Uh, <laughs> Gee, I wonder who that who might do that, given that kind of intro. Um, yeah. It's, uh, Google sorry, does give out. Google does give out like like quite a bit of uh, uh, 
free um, trials, uh, 50, 50 bucks here, 50 bucks there in, in AdWords advertising money, right? Oh, yeah, they sure do. And, I mean, I've had a, an account that just sort of languished because, you know, I'll turn mine on when I need clients, and it's been a while since that's happened. So it, it's about to expire. But they kept sending me over the last couple months a few times. They've been like, here's $300. Do it again, right? <laughs> you get to say, oh, okay, but I don't want to do it again. Um, that's just going to make the phone ring on a call I don't want to answer. Um, so, you know, but they, they do, and as, you know, like, you know, we're Google Partners, um, and so any Google partner, like I don't pretend that I'm special. Um, you know, they give us a bunch of spend 25s, you know, get 75 yep. bucks credits. And, um, you know, I like to just give them away cause I don't use them all. <laughs> no, and I got them too. And if you need to, uh, use them to augment your spend, um, to keep your Google AdWords account alive, <laughs> um, so that you can use their, their not so free, uh, keyword determination tool. Well, I guess that's what you got to do. And again, there's, there's, there is free AdWords money out there. You'll probably spend two bucks. They'll give you twenty five because that's Google Math, right? <laughs> yeah, and that really tells you how their profitability is. Um. Well, they are <laughs> yeah. still one of the richest corporations on earth, like raking in. You know what? We're not. Gonna, I'm, I don't even know how much Google's making anymore. I I, I completely forget. I know. I, I think of, um, the number sixty-seven billion springs to mind per quarter, but I think that's too low. Yeah, I think we're in the kajillions now. No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a. Uh, you know, okay, we can go one of two directions. I want to. I want to do the correction first, and then talk about Facebook. But that would have been a great segue. There's another engine that's making a crap load of money. <laughs> that suddenly finds itself in deep trouble. But 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 while we're on the subject of Google, um, we kind of screwed up last week, and I think we got to correct ourselves here, right? Um, we gave out what might be, um, well, actually, what is uh, wrong information on the show last week. We might have left listeners with the impression that there are two Google indexes. There are not. There's one Google index, um, but there are two at least two different filters above that index, uh, one being mobile, the other being desktop. But um, it was confirmed by uh, both uh, Gary Eyes and Danny Sullivan that they are, in fact, pulling from the same, uh, the same, the same uh, index. Right. The data is basically it's based on the same thing. They just yeah, and again, filter so it runs through a different filter. But yeah. but if we left if we left listeners with the impression, which I believe we did, that there were two distinct indexes, we were wrong. That was incorrect. And we got to make that correction because, like, that would be uncool not to. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right because understanding this core aspect will be important heading forward. Right? Like, you need to know if I have a different mobile site. Is that the site that you know? Am I am am I SEOing different for my for my two different versions, or am I SEOing the same, or am I SEOing focused on one? Right, like in in content layout and things like that. So, uh, a really important distinction, and I'm glad you brought it up. Okay. Now, it's almost as important as knowing how search engines crawl in Internet's web documents. Eh? <laughs> that was a good segue. Well Thank done. <laughs> so, that was a good article, and I think it's one of those required reading things. And to save you the embarrassment of doing it, Dave, I'll do it myself. Uh, folks, go check out Search Engine Journal. Um, <laughs> how search engines crawl and index the web. I changed the title a little bit to make it web documents and objects on, on my Facebook post, but it's how how they you know, go after stuff on the web. And um, as, uh, as Dave Davies, the guy on the other end of the microphone, and the guy who penned that article said, this is stuff that SEOs need to know, like just basic 
So to uh, just go over the basics, um, Dave, how does search engines crawl and index web documents? <laughs> um, well, there's, you know, you you know, I know, we we talk about this um, periodically. Um, is is we have our basically we can give it to them or leave them to figure it out on their own. Right. I mean, these are our, these are our two core um, principles when it comes to crawling. Um, so there's there's a variety of different ways you can basically get content in there and, and different uses for for each one. Right. I mean, there's everything from from XML site maps. That's that's the obvious one. And yeah, have one. Um, you know, which which fields or, or which attributes you actually have it used. You know, do you do you have it? Uh, you know, how often something's updated. Um, do you have the priorities in there? That's sort of a case by case, but at least having the basics. Here's all my URLs. Um, Critical important, by the way. Like like the, the site map, I've had amazing success with setting priorities and frequencies. Not so much, but like the the, the basic map itself is is of, of yeah exactly. It's a, it's of high high importance. Um, one that I really love, and we we've talked about on this show before, um, is through the search console. Going to you know, if you go into the to the crawl area on the left hand side, you can go into basically you can fetch any given page, which is interesting. Or you can do a fetch and render and actually see how Google renders this page on desktop or mobile, and and that's interesting. Um, but from there, you can actually request indexing. Generally speaking, if you've got a, a decently healthy site, it's going to be indexed in the next minute or two, right? Which yeah, is you shouldn't have to great. do that. You shouldn't have to do it. But where I find it, and it's funny, John just talked about this earlier, but I've, I found it um, useful for two core scenarios. One is if you're covering a, a hot story. Yeah. Right? Like you're covering a story where I need to rank and I need to rank now. Right? Yeah, I don't like, need like to rank. Ranking news or something. Exactly. Ranking tomorrow or like having this index tomorrow isn't going to help me. I need, I need it indexed right now. Uh, or if you're testing, um, and this is where I really love it, if I'm testing new titles and descriptions, because it lets me just sit there and sort of hit refresh, and then I can go into my analytics. Hey, I'm going to make a segue for us for later and go into the mm -hmm. annotations there. Um, uh, and I actually go, at this time, the title changed on this page. Now... If I'm trying to monitor for click-through rate changes based on new titles and descriptions, now I know specifically what time of day on what day things changed. So I'm not going, I'm not having to check it every day. I'm not curious about when it might have happened. As you know, sometimes there's a dramatic impact. So it, it can be really, really helpful when you have title or description changes um, that you really need a, a timely metric on. You need to know specifically when Google changed that so that your own internal metrics on, on conversions or click-through rates, um, you know, be accurate. But another one that I love too um, is using, if you just go submit URL to Google in Google, they give you a box to submit. Now, that's probably one of my favorites because it's pretty much as fast as going through the search console. Um, you just don't get the, the rendering capabilities. But I love it because if you publish a piece on, say, I don't know, Search Engine Journal, um, and if, it's, if I was, say, Roger Monty, right, like he covers a lot of groundbreaking news, or let's say I'm, um, you know, Matt Southern, um, you know, and, and also covering, you know, so, sort of, you know, hitting the news and, and wants it to rank really fast. Um, if I was them, so I'm, but I'm, you know, so I'm, I don't have search console access, but let's say I covered a hot story and needed it right in there. You just do submit URL to Google, click submit. If it's a third party site or you want a link picked up really fast uh, and, and it'll generally get indexed within a few minutes as well. 
Um, so if you, yeah, if you need these, these stories in there really fast and it's not a site that you control or, or have search console access to, you can just do the submit URL to Google, you know, including it in Google plus that's a given, right? Put it in there. Yeah. It, it's picked up because to get that snapshot that they need to put in the, in the pro or in the post, they've had to, to crawl it. So <laughs> that just isn't natural. It may be even faster than the requesting indexing. Um, and then, of course, well, that's, that's suggesting there's a direct line between Google Plus to Google Index. Yeah, and there's been a, a few tests I, I've done them myself. It, it seems to be pretty uh, conclusive, you know, okay. at least my opinion. Um, that yeah, you you do it, it it's pretty fast on uh, on getting it into uh, into the index there. And then, of course, there's hosting your content on Google, and we talked about that a little bit with Cindy last week, going through Firebase. Um, you know, we're going to have another interesting example coming up, but I won't get into that now as it relates to, to games um, yep. on mobile. But basically environments where if you're just hosting your content to Google, AMP, another great example, well, now all of a sudden they don't need to crawl. And it doesn't get easier for Google than that. Why would they want to crawl if you're handing it to them? <laughs> so, now, so do, Sorry? Well, there's been there's been a little bit. We're gonna have to go to a break in a second. So I want to make sure we get this this one last thing in, like for sure. There's been a little concern in the in the SEO industry recently around the the, the concept of crawl budgets. Right. So in doing any of the stuff you're suggesting, um, are you in any way like especially if you if you, if you like you know um submitting and rendering, um, are you blowing your crawl budget in any way? You're not because it's such a, a small thing. Now, I guess it depends how you do it, actually. Because when you're doing a fetch and render, and then you're you're doing a request indexing, there's two kinds of indexing you can do. The one that I do the most often is this URL. Okay, it's one URL. It's not really impacting anything, yeah, right? Yeah. But there is also the option um, to do this page and every page it links to. Okay, oh, if we're dealing Christ. with a full site sitemap here or something like that, like a big HTML sitemap. Yeah, okay. You 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 might you might be misappropriating your crawl budget because as you know and and I'm sure many of our listeners do, you want your crawl budget kind of determined by a logical and and solid internal linking structure. If if it's not working out for you, take a look at your internal linking structure, right? Because that's really what should be guiding because Google's pretty good at putting the budget where on the pages that it feels are most important based on what you've signaled to them. But if your mm -hmm. signals are wrong, then the crawl budget is misappropriated. I mean, John's talked about that a, a number of times. Um, so that's where it sort of comes into, yes, you, you need to craft your site to make sure that crawl budget is, is working. But unless you were sort of blasting through this, you know, submit this and every page it links to, and, and you were using that stupidly, um, I, I can't see it impacting my crawl budget. I certainly haven't noticed, and I do look at my crawl, you know, how, how's my, how's, the crawling going on my site i usually just use the one i might use it multiple times um but you know we're, we're dealing with okay i might have submitted 10 pages if i did like a big overhaul of a you know a, some of the main pages on a site or something like that nothing that uh, that i've ever noticed has has increased something or has has decreased my uh my crawl budget in, into other areas on the site okay so and then i imagine I, like unless you're dealing with a massive e-com uh, one of those, one of those never-ending sites. It's pretty hard to blow your own budget because Google does have a lot of bandwidth, right? Well, they really, really do. I mean, generally speaking, if you've got a good, healthy site, your crawl budget isn't going to be. You know, let's say they're going, okay, we're willing to crawl 
a thousand pages of your site. Well, I mean, let's even say it does. Let's let's say it's just cumulative, and you've got a thousand. And if you submit one, they're going to remove one. Well, chances are, if you're going to that effort to submit that one, it, it's probably important enough to warrant that, right? Like if you're actually logging into Search Console, it doesn't take forever, but you're going to take five minutes out of your day to get into Search Console, submit this thing in there because you really need it to be indexed um, and, and quickly, then chances are it was worth using up one of your one slots in the search or in the, in the crawl budget. Um, and if it wasn't, you shouldn't be taking five minutes out of your day to do that. So it's sort of a, it, it fills its own, um, you know, sort of answer there and goes, even if it, if it does impact crawl budget, you should still be doing it because it's obviously worth it. And if it doesn't, then it's a moot point anyway. So either way, I, it wouldn't change my behavior. Well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm I hate to be, be the bearer of this news, but I have to take a couple of minutes from our from my listeners' time and from your time and from my time and go to commercial, whether it's uh, whether it's good or not. It's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was a crappy segue, but I tried. Yeah. Friends, you are listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 22nd of March, 2018. This is Jim Hedrick from Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 2018 International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2018. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Webmasterradio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the uh, 22nd of March, 2018. As a matter of fact, at this exact moment, it is 2.22 on the 22nd of March. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. It's 2.22, 2.22. <laughs> it's 
only going to happen once in my life, and so it, it just I, I'm really pleased. Uh, now it's two twenty three. The moment's gone. Um, yeah, it's gone. Okay, so we got to talk about this. Um, all the information isn't in. The story is still developing. There is uh, a lot to say, and there's a hell of a lot more that's going to be said that hasn't been said yet. But um, it's by far, like far and away, the biggest story on and off the tech presses. Uh, this week, and that is um, Facebook, mm-hmm. and the uh, how, how to how, how to phrase what happened, um, the extraordinary shenanigans played by Cambridge Analytica. Um, it's a fun way to word it. Fun way to word it. Okay, but okay. To try to unpack this story, to you know, to try to and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Cambridge Analytica, while doing what the Obama campaign had done before it, although to a much more sophisticated level, and while doing what, um, you know, heroes of ours like Marty Weintraub or, say, Michelle Stinson-Ross do every day, but again, to a far less evil um, (laughs) um, uh, 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 degree, um, Cambridge Analytica got their hands, illegally got their hands on a treasure trove of data. Data taken from about three to 400,000 American Facebook users that when you, you know, looked into that directly from about 300 to 400,000 Facebook users, but that when expanded and, you know, including all their friends in their profiles, reached to be about 50 million users. Yeah. That's a lot of information. Okay, so so Cambridge Analytica used this information to feed news stories, accurate and inaccurate, and to craft headlines to specific population groups on the left and on the right wing of the American political spectrum during the uh, election in, in 2016. And uh, this influenced everything from um, hatred of Hillary by the Bernie bros to hatred of Hillary by the Trump folks to hatred of everybody by the Hillary folks and hatred of everybody from the Trump folks and, you know, mild loving of everybody from the Bernie folks, except Hillary, of course, who they hated. I've got this right so far, right? Yes, so far. So far, we're, we're, we're on the right path. Okay, and this all happened because Cambridge Analytica was, you know, given access, illegally given access to this extraordinary amount of data, and they would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for this one meddling kid, 28-year-old um, Canadian, whose name, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, don't have written down in front of me, who became a whistleblower uh, post facto, because, um, you know, the, the damage been done. Um, and as it turns out, it was uh, mostly Steve Bannon when he was actually working for Cambridge Analytica. So that's where we're at now. Cambridge Analytica, of course, still exists, but they've been completely kicked off the Facebook platform. Um, and even if Cambridge Analytica did or didn't exist, they are obviously masters of deception. So they can, you know, it would be really hard for them to get, get back involved again um, or to, to continue doing their business. But Facebook, which, you know, had finally started making a whackload of money, is <laughs> sort of hanging there like Wiley Wile E. Coyote in the air with its, you know, little feet going, um, suddenly realizing that the ground has dropped out from beneath it. Now what? Yep. 
And that's where we're at today. Oh, I forgot about the, um, what is it, 60 to $70 billion in, like, um, market cap lost um, in the last couple of days as investors, like, tried to back as far away from the Lindberger smelly stench of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And can so, you blame him? Well, but, but here's the thing. I don't know, because part of me says, like, this is this is this is 2018. Nobody really cares, and if we do care, something even more outrageous is going to come along tomorrow to capture our attention. So, if I was an investor, I'd be—I mean, hell—I'd be buying now that everyone's jumped out. You know um, what? You you actually hit me. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, is oh, Facebook shares are on sale. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people are thinking that, but at the same time, you got to do this risk analysis, right? Like. The UK government's calling them on the carpet. The Canadian government's calling them on the carpet. Um, what resembles the American government is supposed to be calling them on the carpet, though given um, who benefited from Facebook shenanigans, nothing will really be done at that level. Um, the EU is calling them on the carpet. Like, can Facebook's business model, which is selling the most... Um, like, like, Facebook knows its users better than its users know themselves. And that's what Facebook sells to advertisers. Micro-targeting um, based on this extraordinary degree of knowledge they have about every individual user, which is about a quarter of all people on Earth. Can mm -hmm. Facebook still sell that? Will they be allowed to? Is there, is, will there be problems for advertisers who use these types of tactics in the future? Um, Will it be problems regionally or globally? Like, who knows? It's all up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, and these are all <laughs> big questions. And, of course, I have the same answers you do, which are the same answers that pretty much everybody does. Um, you know, we were jokingly saying, oh, yeah, Facebook shares were on sale. Um, and that is a way to view it, but there is a lot, like, they, all the press right now covering this sort of story is going, Facebook may actually be in in trouble right now like in real trouble not the trouble that you were talking about right there going yeah and this tool will pass and you know a new shiny thing will flicker past and we'll all go "Ooh, a new shiny thing and we'll go chasing after that news story right um you know but with this onslaught from you know governments don't tend to do the same thing right and i mean i'm especially referring to the eu right <laughs> and they move a lot slower so they, they move a lot slower away, but and but they down. they move kind of like a glacier Right? Yeah, they move a little bit slower, but if there's a will to get something done, it may happen slowly. And I don't, I don't mean slow on every decision. You know, they're quite rapid socially in, in a lot of areas. But, um, you know, when they're moving forward on something like this, yeah, it's going to take a while. They're going to take some time. They're going to collect their data. Um, but if Facebook is really wrong and they'll be digging into things we're not even talking about right now or even aware of right now, uh, it will get done, and yeah, if all of a sudden countries are starting to pull out, yeah, you could say that the the U.S. is is one of the dominant marketplaces, of course, for for Facebook. But if all of a sudden, you know, countries in Europe start start pulling back or or restricting what they can do, if all of a sudden some of our you know some of the countries in Asia are pulling back and restricting what they, if other countries start doing that, how useful is Facebook? It, it, the marketplace may be in the U.S., but those Americans have a lot of friends up here in, in Canada, you know, overseas, it just becomes less useful. And so or, then, then you find a social platform. 
here's an even crazier scenario. What if one jurisdiction like the EU says, okay, you know what, we got these privacy rules and we really mean it this time. And uh, another jurisdiction, like say Canada or the United States, is like, yeah, well, we're a lot more freewheeling about this. If the people want to give it away, there's nothing wrong with using it. It's all front of envelope stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, what if you now have, um, Facebook is a global medium. Yeah. What if you now have like two completely conflicting rules between the uh, uh, European and North American markets, uh, which are, you know, I think from a North American perspective is the, 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 I always, I always, I look at the U.S. as a, uh, U.S. and Canada as the primary market, and Europe as our fallback market, right? Right. Uh, but what if the rules completely change over there? Right. If Facebook wants to keep operating, then you know they, they. What do you have to do as a North American marketer to make sure that people in North America see one thing and people in Europe see another? Will Facebook take care of that for you? Can we trust them to take care of that for us? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You know, like, and then you know Zuckerberg's going to be calling up his his friends over at Google. Larry, help me out because Google's had to deal exactly with these problems, right? Right to be forgotten exists in one jurisdiction, not in another. Um, you know those sorts of things that I can see him going. Okay, we've got some privacy things going on here that don't apply over here. How do we bridge that gap? And then of course there's going to be a point um, in natural privacy and not right to be forgotten. There's actually debate about whether that in and of itself is right or not, like over, over here especially, right? We're going, well, I don't know. Like if I publish something, you know, a, 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 you know should it have to go away in seven years, right? I mean, there's a debate about that. Um, you know, but there's some privacy issues where it might be like, well, no, can you give my information by default to, to third parties? Like, is, is that something? I don't know. If, if other jurisdictions are protecting it, I think they might be in a in an odd spot in convincing us of that, right? It's like, well, why why are, are are folks in the EU protected from just having you give their data away, right? When I'm not, I want my data protected too. Feed me ads, but don't give my data away to somebody else. Um, so I think Facebook will be in an odd circumstance on this one uh, because of of the way they they generate their revenue and what they can do with their data. Um, to where it might even be a little bit different than what Google would face, even though I said they might be calling Google, but just because what they'll have thrown at them will be a little different. If you're saying protect their privacy, well, now all of a sudden I'm going, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, I want mine protected too, right? And it's not even going to cost you anything on the outside. Obviously it will, but it, it wouldn't on the outside. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. That's, that's for sure. And we it's jokingly Facebook. said Facebook. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I guess Facebook has come out and said we are going to do a couple of things. Number one, they're reviewing all advertising accounts. That, that's ongoing happening now. Mm -hmm. Number two, they're going to make top of window. Like you, you, you're going to, you'll be hard-pressed to miss this, but they're going to give you um, fully, as they say, fully intuitive and explanatory privacy tools right there. Like your... Um, Facebook uh, screen is going to change fairly radically in the coming weeks and mm -hmm. you're going to see lots of here's how to make your data private information. Facebook is betting that most people aren't going to care. Well, most people aren't going to care. They're not going to touch it. But yep. they will make this, this available to everybody. European, uh, Asian, North American users. Like in South America, everybody will have, will have access to, uh, to better uh, uh, privacy protections. Um, 
And lastly, there, I think that Facebook is doing a review of its policies against global law. Um, and I think that's obviously to prepare itself for uh, the the inevitable unending hearings that are coming. Zuckerberg was actually already called, was called in front of Congress this morning. He hasn't, I don't know if he's appeared yet or not, but I know that the, that the, uh, the call went out. So, yeah, that's so, a <laughs> heavy story, major change. Yeah. Facebook's only 10 years old, eh? I know. It's just a kid. Well, no, but <laughs> it's so radically changed the way we think about the Internet. You know, like, um, what is the Internet to people has been completely disrupted and changed by Facebook. Very much so. Very much so. Um, you know, I mean, I think that's unequivocal, right? Like, it, it may come or go as a as a corporation in its in its power, right? Like MySpace was once huge, um, but yeah, it, its impact on society and even just I mean, Google has a lot to thank them for in a lot of ways, and and heck, so do so do all of us. Certainly, King, the the company, not not the position, um, you know, does with with Candy Crush. <laughs> They're the developers of Candy Crush, um, but just in getting us using our devices in a way. That we didn't like you can look at them from the the connectivity of of the world and that was unique and i remember before facebook was even opened up to the world i was looking forward to to getting in there i was probably one of their you know first people i was i was waiting um mm -hmm. for, for them to open up i'm sure you were too um mm -hmm. but i think the biggest impact when we look back 20 years from now will be that they were one of the core applications that got us using our devices differently than we had yes. before especially mobile Yep, the thing that leads us to the thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, yeah, you know what? It's, it's funny because it'll be one of those like secondary things, and, and I'm likening it now to, um, you know, what um, the adult entertainment industry was to bandwidth, right? Like it wasn't built to push bandwidth, but the internet that we enjoy would be way slower if the streaming videos that they were pumping out early, like before anybody else was, if they hadn't existed, we would be further behind um, in, in the evolution of our, of our bandwidth capabilities. So it's one of those sort of secondary impacts. Um, but I think the secondary impact is actually going to be more uh, significant than, than the primary, just adjusting the way we interact with, with the world around us. Well, indeed, indeed. Um, it, it used to be said, they who control information control the future, but it's in reality, it's they who control how information is presented control the future. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Okay, uh, moving, moving on. Um, what do you, where do you, where do you want to go? We got a uh, search console beta. We got uh, my business dashboard, um, Google Play. Uh, What's going on with Google Play and video games? They're, 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 uh, I mean, this is seriously quadrupling down on the phone. Yeah, this is awesome uh, to me. Um, but what's most interesting about this story um, isn't what the story is about. It's what the story means is coming. right? And we see a lot of that in, in our industry. So basically what we've got is, is a pretty... Um, you know, simple, simple impact of, of things going on right now. What Google has announced um, is Google Play Instant, where you can go into the store, they've sort of put a framework, and you can demo games without downloading them, right? Like, basically, they're just, just pulling a game into a structure um, that they've sort of got, you know, pre-built for, for you. Sort of, they've, they're giving you a core built in, 
Um, and you can play a, a, a sort of micro version of the game um, within that core. Um, okay, that's, I mean, that's, that's interesting enough, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's an interesting little development for people who like to play video games, and now you'll be able to just give it a little, a little test real quick before um, you decide whether you want to install this thing onto your um, you know, onto your device, which is great because I can't count the number of times I've looked for a solution, downloaded something, installed it, and gone, that's not it. Uninstall, find the next one, right? So a nice, nice feature. Um, but what we're really seeing here, um, it, it, when we cascade this forward, and we touched on this earlier, um, but is basically a system where we don't need these applications, right? Like right now, we're not at the capability um, to actually have the full game, for example, and, and, and to use this example, um, you know, to have the full game operating within this sort of small core. Um, yeah, you, don't, you, don't the, you don't got the memory to store all that information. We don't, exactly. But you know where this is going, and one of the great things for Google here is, and we were talking about this when we were talking about um, crawling, is that means that game is stored at Google. And Google knows when you're playing it, Google knows how far you got into it, Google knows everything about your interaction because it will be feeding directly from them. I mean, All Google the time. knows Google knows that I that I, I can't even I, I can't even commit to completing a thumb based game. Well, yeah. I mean and, but the, the thing is we can now take this forward and go, yeah, sure we're talking about games right now. But that's all we're talking about right now. But it doesn't well, have to be. It can be any application type working in this structure. This is what Cindy was talking about with Firebase, right? It, it is, is, is this core idea of basically they will have all the data um, and, and we will just have this sort of like little framework for it and it'll be feeding it right in, giving them constant access to all of your information about how you're interacting with it. It won't be an application on your machine. Um, so it's going to give them an incredible amount of data as a developer, however, building into this structure, there's a ton of advantages. Um, you can have more dynamic content feeding in there on the fly. Um, you, know, you, you can adjust things far more rapidly in the back-end build um, because you're just going to have this structure where as soon as you're making changes, nobody's having to update applications. It's just, it's just done. Um, so I, I think that what this is representing is actually far more exciting than just the fact that I have this convenience. I don't need to install an app to try it. Um, I, I think what we're about to see coming as far as marketers, as far as targeting, as far as our experience on our mobile devices um, is, is we're bringing in a new generation of the way that we're interacting um, with our devices and how our devices are going to interact with us. This has a, uh, I mean, mix this with uh, Google's burgeoning AI. And uh, think of like self-correcting and self-developing software. The feedback you would be getting from all these phones, from all this, all all these individual experiences, how they how they relate to and use the data, whatever, be it a game, be it information, be it images, be it porn, be it whatever, right? And you're instructing the the amount of information the AI has to instruct itself with and improve itself with. This is phenomenal. Like this is acceleration culture. Um, acceleration culture personified 
You know, you're making me think of something that I can't believe hadn't occurred to me, and, and one of the powers, and it's it's what we'll start to, to see in, in the very near future, I'm sure. On my mobile device, Google doesn't have any more data about me than they do on my mobile device, right? I mean, uh, they, they know everything about me. It has a microphone. It has GPS. It knows everything about me when I'm, when I'm on my mobile device. When I'm interacting with an application, it now has another level of that. One of the problems, as soon as you brought up AI, I thought one of the problems with AI, and, and so I was going to the problem with what you were talking about, and then went, no, you're right, it, it actually isn't the problem, um, is machine learning and AI don't really work on mobile devices, mainly because of the you know, real-time need for, for machine learning and the fact that the, the memory is small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't really have the resources, but exactly what you're, I mean, you, I think hit the nail on the head and I, I'm almost kicking myself for not thinking of it, but is we're now, the machine learning is taking place off and then just feeding in. Oh, right? it, the internet is the operating system, man. The internet's the, right. We're just putting oh, in a framework yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I've, 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 been, I've been, I've been amused by that thought for like, for, for a little while now. The, the internet has become the operating system. I think I mean, like the internet always has been. The web runs on top of the uh, on top of the internet. Facebook runs on top of the internet. The internet's always been the OS, right? But now yeah. we're learning how to use it. We know what we want to do with it. Right, and so far it's been. I, I think it almost caters. This new structure will almost cater to our instinctive needs, um, right? Like you can say, you know, your browser right now is all your applications. I can do spreadsheets in it. I can do all that sort of stuff in it. But there's something that I just kind of like about clicking on an icon and then it opens up a different thing that has my, you know, Excel in it. And, you know, there, there's just this sort of need to create that different experience for me when I'm surfing Facebook than when I'm, you know, working on a spreadsheet. I like it just I I I, I at least um, okay. like a different different framework and experience. This will facilitate that while still driving everything from the internet. So yeah, a very good point. That's that that's so old fashioned, man. And you know, speaking of old fashioned stuff, <laughs> do it again in the future. In the future, listeners, I promise you, we're just going to be sending out syringes, and you can inject yourself with advertising. But now we have to actually play it for you. So. We have to take a break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 22nd of March, 2018. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, 
So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. All of your favorite webmasterradio.fm programs on air and on demand 24-7. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Add some podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Webmasterradio.fm keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. We're back on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 22nd of March. 2018, second day of spring. Winter has ended. Yay. And we got two more stories that we're going to be able to cover. Um, and I think they're both really important ones. Number one, uh, annotations in Google Search Console. And number two, uh, 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 the changes at, uh, at Google Shopping, uh, Shopping Actions. Let's start with the first one annotations at like uh, at Google Search Console. But, uh, what took so long? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious how, how amazing and wonderful and excellent this is, but what the hell took so long? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. And I, I can't reproduce what I'm sort of seeing uh, others sort of reporting off in, in my own search consoles or either I've got something cached or, or whatever in there. Um, but for those who don't know, um, what annotations are, if you have Google Analytics, you've had them in there for a while. If you haven't been using them, do <laughs> uh, it basically like, wow. gives you the ability to tag a date and time, um, you know, to record something. For example, you know, a, a client of mine um, had a CRO team. Um, they had installed some new Google Analytics tracking. Um, they had then needed to remove it, so they then pulled that one out. But they forgot to unpause the old one, right? So now we have this dead <laughs> couple days in their analytics. You can imagine yeah. how pleased the client and I both were about this. Um, however, that's where these annotations come in because we can put a tag on it and go, here's what was going on. So when we're comparing our year-over-year data, we understand. And I've done that when I've merged subdomains in, right? Like, here's the day that I actually pulled their blog dot subdomain under the same, you know, sort of grouping as, um, yeah, you know, as another site. And, and just so that, I know, oh, you know that spike in organic traffic? Yeah, I can't give myself a pat on the back for that. <laughs> like, it was just natural to happen at that time. Um, so that are so important. Like, so important. I can't tell you how many times my, my, my own ass has been saved by annotations. Because you'll forget something, and then there yeah. it is. Or somebody else is doing, you know, somebody else is mucking about in there, and they can put it in there. Well, now we've, they're being added into the search console. So just one more one more thing I just want to want to want to quickly add from a business a business management perspective, and you know this, Dave. I mean, like like you 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 had a team up uh, up to like eight or nine people at one point, right? 
Yeah. There's no way. No matter what kind of software you introduce, no matter how friendly or intuitive it is, there is no way you're going to get these 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 little bastards all these employees all using um, <laughs> time management software, are you? Because they're not going to do it. No matter how you can hit them with books, and they and they'll sue you before they'll use the time management software. It would just be easier if they used the time management software. I think. You, you know what? We all actually just did. So, um, so, so for the point is for reporting. If you if, if when you're managing an SEO firm and you got, I mean, the, the reporting is the number one relationship builder, a relationship keeper with your with your, with, with your clients. Um, annotations makes reporting easy. Absolutely. And, and, and given that another, your employees aren't doing what you told them anyway. <laughs> um, and something that they're handy for, I know you use it for this, I do too, little tip for, our, for people in the, in the crowd, and you could use this in Search Console or in Analytics, um, is tagging major Google updates, right? Like yes. the core update or, or whatnot, just tagging something in there um, just so that you understand if traffic went up or down, what caused it, and you can watch what the impact was. Submitted a disavow file, there tag it and then you can actually put a context to your SEO work. There you go. Okay, we got to jump to another story really fast. Um yep. though I I'd, I'd really like to to, to uh, talk about the uh, the the most the recent Google update, but this is I think even even bigger and more important for uh, for webmasters um shopping actions. This is this is freaking cool. Yeah. So <laughs> wouldn't it be nice to be able to track um, all your relationships with your retailers to have um, a universe to have a, a, a universal checkout um, across like your your uh, Facebook, your uh, Twitter feed, your website, your mobile platform, etc. Um, and to be able to like micro track individuals through uh, through your ecom site, that might be handy. That okay. might be something you want to do. Through a mixture of using Google Tag Manager and uh, uh, Google Assistant, um, uh, you can now basically, uh, with with this, with this shopping actions program Google has introduced, um, you retailers or e-tailers have a hell of a lot more control over virtually every aspect of, of their website and analytics. They do, and it's adding in a lot, and, and I've seen some hiccups with it, for sure, um, in, in the deployment, and we won't have time to get to the no results but paid results issue yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Google hit, um, you know, which I do think is tied um, in part to that, because in the, in the, not in the example I reproduced, but Roger Monty in the example he did mm -hmm. was showing shopping results, um, but... Part of it is the, the increased tailoring we will have to do all of our shopping without actually leaving Google, but as the retailer, and I'm flash forwarding what I'm imagining is like three months from now, um, you know, without actually leaving the environment that we're in, so it might be Google, it might be, you know, on your site, wherever it is, um, but being able to do more complete and robust shopping from a, a variety of different different e-tailers um, as targeting will have increased targeting and that's already starting to roll out an ability to go with um, cost per sale very 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 similar to what we can do um, on Amazon presently right so now they can go head-to-head -head with e-tailers um, with Amazon going no you're only paying when there's a sale right and then it's on Google to make sure that they're displaying your ad when it's gonna sell 
and put the onus where it belongs, not on when it's going to get clicked, but when it's going to sell. So I, I think I think it's going to be just absolutely outstanding for for a lot of merchants um, now. And if nothing else, give them peace of mind. They might just end up finding out that oh, I'm paying the same and I'm getting the same sales, but at least they're going to know um, that they're being charged on that per sale. It, you know, it's still early to know exactly how this is going to roll out, but you watch that. You watch Google Pay. You watch their their moves in mobile. It's really, really, really interesting time to be a marketer. Absolutely. It's going to be, you know, as a uh, sort of historian in the tech world. I'm so old that I'm, I'm, I'm almost consuming myself a historian in the tech world rather than a journalist in the tech world. Just yeah. watching this evolution is phenomenal. Um, and, and seeing where, uh, how one company pushes the other company to innovate. And if you don't, then, uh, you know, the, the other company will literally eat your lunch for you. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I know. And the only question I used to really have to ask was how much work am I going to put in for a page rank seven link? <laughs> that was pretty much the only question I had to answer. And now, and how many more times can I cram that keyword onto that page? Um, you know, it's yeah. a brave new world. And, and as a user of Google, I'm thankful for it. Um, but as a marketer, I think we've got a lot more control now and it's, it's, it's a very exciting time to be working in this field. That's for sure. Okay. We have, 60 seconds left really quickly um google seems to have pulled back and this is again this is an evolving story so i i, I honestly don't know where this is going to fall yet but google seems to have pulled back on the uh zero organic um placements in certain cer certain search results and replace them with advertisements <laughs> in some cases what do you think about this yeah, I think it was a good call on their part. I get what they were going for. For listeners who don't know, it was environments where for specific queries where they knew your intent was a piece of data. What time is yeah. it? Um, yeah. That they would not show any organic results. They would just give you the answer. Clearly, they're tailoring this for mobile and for uh, voice search, right, and, to, and probably to test their confidence there. Unfortunately, this ended up with a bunch of scenarios where you would have just the answer, no organic results, and then paid listings above and below it. So you basically had search results pages with nothing but paid ads and, I don't know, where's Overture now, right? Like, that doesn't work. So something that was weird, though, is I saw a, um, a, a tweet from Danny Sullivan which read, update, we have enough data and feedback, which is appreciated, to conclude that the condensed <laughs> view experiment should stop for now. Yeah. The team will look at improving when and how it appears. That was uh, March 20th at 4.09 p.m. So uh, they're pulling it back for now, mm -hmm. and they're looking at improving how and when it appears. That's the only time to me that should appear is on voice. Everything past that, give me at least the illusion of choice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, Google, index Dave's poetry. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. Um, got that in. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Quick programming <laughs> announcement. Dave is um, Dave's not going to be here, man. Um, next week, Dave is uh, flying overseas, a very large one, and um, won't be able to uh, participate in the show because of travel. He will, however, be able to participate in the show week after next. So, Dave, have a safe trip. Have a wonderful time. Um, I, I hope you and Mary have a great working vacation. We will, and I guess next time we be chatting, I'll be uh, talking to you from Tokyo. Wow, that's phenomenal. Um, truly, that's, that's truly amazing. Um, I'm happy for you guys. 
Thank jealous. you. Oh my God! I'm so jealous. Oh! Hey, <laughs> friends, you've listened to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 22nd of March, 2018. Um, stick around the network. There's some great stuff coming after the news, and uh, most of us will be here next week. Talk to you soon. The opinion expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.